You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. Well, you're very welcome. My name is Ahanu. And I have my lovely Angel Rose with me. But ladies and gentlemen, you know, I've had great difficulty extricating Angel Rose away from these colouring books the last little while. She absolutely loves these colouring books. Adult colouring books, Anne. Adult, but yeah. And I think it's an amazing thing. I think it's a wonderful thing. I haven't coloured any of them myself, but I recognise how wonderful they are. I recognise the, the, the pleasure that they would give you and also the learning or maybe the relaxation or the uh, release of stress or whatever. But today, we're actually interviewing a lady by the name of Dr. Susan Shumsky, who is the author of one of these colouring books called Colour Your Chakras. It's an interactive way to understand the energy centres of the body. And Angel Rose, you know, I know you're going to go out and buy one. I will, as soon as we're done here, Hannah. I'm I'm going on Amazon and getting my copy, because she sent us some samples of the pages and yeah. they are exquisitely beautiful yeah. and very educational yeah and i like the way she's actually laid out this coloring book because traditionally you know there's a, a book full of images for example that you would color but she actually does an explanation on one side of the page and then the image to color on the other side of the page mm-hmm. and she explains all about what is pranic energy and what is chi and what is key and all of that and in that way you not only get the benefit of the coloring of it but you also get the intellectual understanding of what you're doing as well right and um, they are very transformative because i mean this particular coloring book has a purpose to it that is to learn about the chakras but also once you start coloring them you get to know them and feel them in your own body because you're coloring them and it'll start to awaken those centers in you so i mean the coloring book itself has the potential to be highly transformative for the individual. So yeah. we can't wait to have her on today, Hanno. So yeah. can, can we get started? Yeah, but just one more thing, though, that I find interesting about the way she has tackled this. Simply because even just in looking at the, the samples she has sent us, I found it, ben- it was beneficial to me. So that's how I know that mm-hmm. it will also be beneficial to others. Uh, in other words, difficult concepts that we get asked a lot about like multidimensional bodies, for example, you know, what are subtle bodies and what are multidimensional selves and what's the Merkaba? Mm-hmm. And questions like that that can be difficult enough to explain to somebody who's new into this and who's exploring this for the first time. Well, she, through the use of the coloring uh, images and the little bit of uh, summary text on the left hand pages, she's able to explain these kind of difficult, complex ideas mm-hmm. very simply and very easily right so and i know too that once we speak to her because of the way she approaches all of this that when we do get her on the line she will also be able to explain to our listeners in a very understandable and effective way also yeah so we really look forward to this today and i know i think she's waiting for us okay Hannah. let's so bring her on let's bring her on hello hi this is susan Shumsky. hi susan how are you this morning Doing great. How are you? Good. This Hi. <laughs> okay, yes, good to talk to you. Great to talk to you. Now, you may not have known our background, 
Susan, but we are very interested in the whole business of the chakras and the Merkaba and Tree of Life and all of that. And when we spotted your interactive way to understand the energy centers of the body, we were very impressed and had to speak to you. So you're very welcome to our program. Oh, thank you so much. Now, we also understand that you're the author of several other books, and one being Awaken Your Divine Intuition, another subject that's very close to our hearts and to that of our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit, first of all, before we go into your book, Color Your Chakras, give us a little bit of a background of how you came into all of this interactive way to understand the energy centers of the body. Well, originally my... Um my publisher asked me to write a book about chakras. And so, I mean, I have been in the spiritual field for about 50 years. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and so I went back to the ancient scriptures of India to find the most authentic information that I could find about the chakras. Yes. So I studied the tantric and Vedic scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that there are 14 chakras that they talk about in the ancient scriptures. Right. And so my book, uh, the, my book, which is called The Power of Chakras, is based upon those ancient scriptures, uh, mostly based upon those ancient scriptures, and also about some revelations that I came up with as well as I was studying the subject. Mm-hmm. And um, that book is uh, very heavily illustrated. Yes. Now, those illustrations, because the book was so long, the illustrations ended up very, very small. So I was thrilled when my publisher asked me to do the Chakras coloring book, uh, which is called Color Your Chakras. Mm-hmm. And I was thrilled to do that book simply because I would have an opportunity for people to see large illustrations of, the, of all the beautiful uh, images that are associated with the chakras. And also, we put mandalas with them. So, very intricate, beautiful drawings on each page of the book, Color Your Chakras, which is very exciting. And I was so thrilled that I had that opportunity to do that. And it's a fantastic way for people to experience the chakras and to learn more about them as they're coloring. Now, Susan, just for people who might be listening who really don't know much about the chakras at all. Can you give us a, a good definition of them and where they are? Right. So we're going to start with the idea of prana. Prana is life force energy. In China, they call it qi. And in Japan, they call it qi. In India, it's called prana. But prana is that life force, force energy that flows through your subtle body. It is actually what is keeping your physical body alive, that subtle body. Uh, There are several layers to your subtle body, and one of those layers is called the pranamaya kosha, or the vital energy body would be the best way to translate that. So that vital energy body has conduits of subtle energy in that body, and that prana, that life force energy, flows through those conduits. Now, if you were to dissect a corpse, you would not find these conduits, which are called nadi in India, and in China they call them meridian. If you were to dissect a corpse, you would not find a nadi anywhere. You wouldn't find prana anywhere, because it's in another dimension. It's in your subtle body. 
Right. Now, when many of these nadis intersect to form a plexus, that's called a chakra. And chakra, the word chakra is a Sanskrit word. It means wheel. So every chakra is round. It's like a wheel. It has a hub where all of these nadis are intersecting. And it has spokes as well. The spokes are the radiations of chronic energy that radiate from the center of the chakra, of each chakra. And there are seven major chakras that are associated with certain organs and endocrine glands, and they're associated with elements of nature. They're associated with planets, with gemstones, with days of the week. So there are all these associations with the seven major chakras. And then the seven other chakras that I discovered that are talked about in the ancient scriptures of India, most of those are in your head, um, and some of them are in near the other chakras, in the near the other seven chakras, but most of them are in your head or above your head. So with these chakras then, Susan, you know, with your own experience, how did you start to explore your own chakras? Well, I was a hippie. It was 1960s. I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And at that time, probably most of your listeners don't realize this, but those of us who were flower children, we were very, very serious about studying Eastern wisdom, Eastern philosophy, because we wanted to experience higher states of consciousness. We wanted to experience altered states of consciousness. So I was reading the Buddhist scriptures like the Dhammapada, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and and other Buddhist scriptures. I was also reading Autobiography of a Yogi by Karmahansa Yogananda. I was reading Alan Watts books like The Way of Zen and other books by Alan Watts. And in Alan Watts books, he said that you have to find a meditation guide. Well, in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you you did not go to the Yellow Pages and look up meditation guide or anything remotely similar to that. There wasn't anything like that back then. So I asked a roommate, I said, well, how do I find this meditation guide? And he said, well, have you ever tried to meditate on your own? And I said, well, I'll give it a shot. So I lay down on my bed. I was so clueless that I didn't even know you're supposed to sit up when you meditate. I lay on my bed and I sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation And immediately I was propelled into an ecstatic state. I could feel this cord or rush of energy that was rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. I felt like I was plugged into an electric socket, but in a most ecstatic way. And I figured, well, I guess this is meditation. Little did I know that I had just had my, not only had my first meditation experience, but I also had my first Kundalini experience all at the same time. So that was my first experience. That's how I got introduced to the entire chakra system. That's pretty remarkable for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say so. Yeah, right. Okay, and and just for our listeners too, could you just define the kundalini for them? Right. So kundal means curled up. It's a Sanskrit word that means curled up. So it's a curled up or coiled up energy. In the ancient scriptures of India, they describe it as a a curled up energy that uh, coils around the, there's a linga, there's a linga, which means the phallus of Lord Shiva, which is in your, sort of right below your muladhara chakra, which is your 
base chakra. Uh-huh. Right below that, right below that, there's something called Kandamula, which is, means root bulb. And in that, there is this lingam. It's the phallus of Lord Shiva, supposedly. And then Kundalini coils around that three and a half times with head down. I'm quoting the scriptures. That's how it's, it's described in the scriptures. So it winds around, coils around three and a half times with head down. Now, what does that mean, head down? It means that Kundalini is asleep. In average individuals, Kundalini has not risen up the spine. It is asleep. And people who have developed some of their abilities, anyone who's listening to this radio uh, show, is or developed. So your Kundalini is not asleep. It has risen up to some degree, to different degrees for different people. So what do I mean by kundalini rising up? Well, kundalini is a form of pranic energy. It's a, it's a type of pranic energy that's associated with spiritual awakening. So there's a specific nadi. Remember the nadis are the conduits of, of subtle energy? Mm-hmm. So there's one specific nadi. It's called sushumna nadi. It goes right through your spinal canal. And the sushumna rises up through that nadi when it's awakened. It will not rise up unless it's awakened. It's awakened through some kind of spiritual practice usually. Uh, but in average individuals, that Sushumna Nadi is totally closed at the bottom end. But it can be opened through practices such as pranayama, which means breathing, yogic breathing exercises. It can be awakened through yoga asanas, which means yoga postures. And also, especially through what's called the bandhas, Bandhas are specific yogic practices, and it can be wake, awakened through the bandhas, uh, which are muscular locks. There are three major muscular locks. One is in the anus, one is in the thoracic cavity or the abdominal area, and one is in the neck area. So those are the three major bandhas. If you do those bandhas, that will really help to awaken kundalini. And why why would we want to awaken Kundalini? Because it awakens our spiritual awareness. It awakens our clairvoyant, parodic, crescentic abilities. Uh, it makes us more charismatic. It makes us more successful. It makes people more attracted to us. I mean, in general, it's just you have more influence when you have a, awakened Kundalini. Right. And how do you think? I mean, I, first of all, let me say I think it's a great idea that your publisher had the insight to encourage you to actually create a coloring book of the chakras. But how do you think, or do you believe at all, that the physical act of coloring these images of the chakras would help awaken Kundalini? Yes, it does. Because simply because whatever you place your attention on, that grows stronger in your life. So if you're placing your attention on these uh, chakra images, the the chakra yantras, which are the symbols of the chakras and also the deities that are associated with each chakra Mm -hmm. and all the different symbols and symbolisms. But in this coloring book, what happens is you're placing your attention there and because of that, it gets awakened. That energy gets awakened. You place your attention on prana, prana gets awakened. I mean, it's all a matter of intention. And so your focus, that's that focus of attention placed on these energies. Actually, to tell you the truth, just flipping through the book, just picking the book up in your hand and flipping through the pages will 
it will uplift your consciousness. You'll feel uplifted when you're looking through this yes. book. I've seen it over and over again. People that I hand the book to, and they're just going through it, and they're like, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And they're just getting, wow, this is so cool. And they're just feeling the energy. It's just coming. It's in, they get it, and it gets imbibed into their being just mm-hmm. by looking at these pictures. It's pretty does, amazing. Does that mean that there wouldn't be any need to practice pranayama or kundalini yoga or any other practice, any other yogic practice, that one needs only to color these pictures? I would not I would not say that, and I would not recommend that. I would say that if you really are serious about awakening your kundalini or if you're serious about opening your chakras more and more, that these traditional spiritual practices are very uh, useful in that endeavor, and I would highly recommend anybody to practice things like pranayama and the bandhas and the and the meditation, meditation practices, visualization practices, whatever practices that you could do to help you to awaken these energies. Sure. I, I, I very much recommend that. Mm-hmm. But coloring is a fun activity to do, and it's very relaxing, and it will imbibe those energies into your being. Yes, so Angel it does Rose, have benefits. Angel Rose knows all about coloring. She actually loves these coloring <laughs> books. She really does. Yes, yes. I have, well, That's I have two great. questions around that. Susan, um, two questions. Number one is how important are the colors when you when you're at a particular page in your book in your coloring book to color the chakras? I mean, do you have to follow certain colors, or can you do whatever you feel um, you know that you want to do in terms of the colors? So number two, have you published any book that deals with um, opening up the chakras? Mm-hmm. All right, so. Um Number one question, uh, I, I think people should feel free to use whatever colors they want when they're coloring the chakra coloring book. Uh, there are recommended colors, and they are on the left-hand pages. On the left-hand pages of the coloring of the book, color your chakras. On the left-hand page is the explanation of what's on the right-hand page. The right-hand page is the illustration, and on the left-hand page is there's like it, it a uh, explanation that has a beautiful mandala in the background, so you can color both pages, left and right pages. Now, in that explanation, it'll often give you colors. It'll tell you what colors are mentioned in the ancient scriptures of India. So you can use those colors if you so choose. If you don't want to use those colors, you can just let your imagination soar and use whatever colors you feel like using. The only reason I put the colors in there is so that you get more information, and if you want to if you want to color them those colors, fine, but you'll have the information anyway. It'll be there. Uh, now, have I, have I colored? Yeah, I have two books. One is called Exploring Chakras, and the other one is called The Power of Chakras. Those are very, very detailed, very esoteric, very complete books about the chakras. They have, they have these illustrations in them that are in my chakras coloring book, and they also teach you everything you would ever, ever, ever want to know about chakras and things you don't even want to know about chakras. I mean, it's all there. Mm-hmm. It's like they're, they're like, in, these books are like encyclopedias about the chakras. There's so much there because, like I said, I studied the ancient scriptures of India to find this information. And the popular authors such as Anadia Judith and Cindy Dale, both of them have told me that they use my book as reference and they 
and people who are really, their students are really serious about learning the ancient tradition of India in reference to those chakras, they send them to my book. And Anadia, um, actually, she wrote a foreword to one of my books. She's a big fan. She mm -hmm. loves the chakra coloring book also. Yes. Well, there's no doubt that your writing is very, very comprehensive around this subject. And one of the things that I was both surprised and impressed about when I saw your coloring book was that traditionally, as we all know, coloring books usually would contain coloring pages. And yours does that. But on top of that, you actually go into some fantastic explanations of what the chakras are and uh, various aspects of the chakras you talk about. Um, Kundalini, you explain about uh, the pranic energy, the auric field, and various other aspects on the left side of the pages, which is really very interesting and a very unusual approach. But one thing I do want to ask you about, and that is the relationship of the chakras to the planets and to the days of the week. But I must first say to you that we do have to take a very quick little studio break and remind our listeners we're speaking with Dr. Susan Shumsky about her coloring book called Color Your Chakras, an interactive way to understand the energy centers of the body. Do stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. The Eight Steps to Freedom is an eight-month personal power, self-mastery, and freedom series, originally presented on the eighth day of each month for eight months at 8 p.m. for 88 minutes. Listen to the free video on 8stepstofreedom.com. That's the number eight. And the words Steps to Freedom are hyphenated, 8stepstofreedom.com. In this unique program, you'll find yourself swept onward and upward by the torrent of positive energy created when a small group of powerful seekers assembled each month for the purpose of growing in freedom and personal power. Ahanu's book, The Reincarnation of Columbus, is his true story of the loss of his first child, his pain and struggle with grief, and the guilt that followed. It forms his entire philosophy of life and is a superb rendering of the unfolding of spiritual awareness. The reincarnation of Columbus is a true epic voyage from the pain and sorrow of a father's grief to a new world of empowerment, love, and forgiveness. Get your copy on Amazon.com or on Kindle for $2.99 by searching for A-H-O-N-U or visit HTTP colon slash slash TheReincarnationOfColumbus.com. That's all one word, TheReincarnationOfColumbus.com. The Spirit of Love Project is a fast-growing, international collection of paintings of the spirit of love inside each person, painted by spirit artist Ahanu, and presented as a virtual shield of love around the earth. Have your picture added to the Spirit of Love Shield by going to Ahanu.com. That's A-H-O-N-U. Com. Now for the first time, a visionary artist that can see into your soul, your past lives, your future lives, and paint your highest heroic outcome. Get your Spirit of Love picture, or your Ancestral Healing Family Crest, painted by Ahanu today. Go to Ahanu.com. That's A-H-O-N-U dot com. Well, we're back now with Susan, and we are discussing her wonderful chakra coloring book. And uh, just to let our listeners know, these pictures are absolutely beautiful. They're very complex, very intricate, and um, 
you know, just just look like I can't wait to get into it. In other words, how do you know how I love? Corn. I know, and you'd be lost in it for days. I know. I will. I will. So don't be talking to me for the entire week. <laughs> well, I hope you're going to have a, a full-blown Kundalini rise at the end of it. I don't know if I want a full-blown one. <laughs> that could be dangerous. Okay, but anyway, um, Susan. Before the break, Ahana was asking you about the planets, how they're connected to the chakras and also the days of the week. So could you go into that a little bit for us? Exactly. So uh, we have the root chakra, which is at the base of the spine. Uh, that's associated... Well, actually, let me start with Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week, right? We'll yes. start with Sunday. Mm -hmm. Sunday is the day of the sun. That's why it's called Sunday. It's at the navel chakra, which is called the solar plexus. That's sun, solar, okay? Yeah. Associated with uh, the, the planet, the sun. And it is, uh, the gemstone is ruby. And uh, the color is red. And so that is the sun day. Uh, and that's the navel, navel chakra. Moon day, the day of the moon, Monday, Monday. That is associated with the pelvic chakra and the moon, which is traditionally associated with fecundity and fertilization and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And the gemstone is the pearl. Uh, then we have Tuesday. In French, they call that Maudi, Maudi, and in, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it in Spanish, but it is. Mercury Day, right? Tuesday is Mercury Day. Okay. It's associated with the root chakra. It's associated with the planet Mars. And the gemstone is the red coral. Then we have Wednesday. Wednesday is called Mercredi in French. Yeah. And that means Mercury Day. Mercury Day. The gemstone is the emerald. The color is the green color. And that is Mercury associated with the crown chakra uh, because Mercury has to do with communication and interconnections and that kind of thing. So we've got a big, huge communication device. It's called our brain, and that's associated with the crown chakra. Then we have Thursday, which is Jeudi, meaning Jupiter Day. I'm, I'm speaking French here. Yeah. Uh, Jeudi is, is uh, the name of that day, Jupiter Day. And that is, the gemstone there is the yellow topaz. Uh, the color of that, uh, of the, that's associated with that particular uh, planet is the blue color. And that is your third eye chakra. Okay. Now, a very interesting thing about Jupiter is that in Sanskrit, the planet Jupiter, the name for that is Guru. Guru, uh, Guru yes. means the teacher. Guru yes, means yes. teacher or it actually literally means that which sheds light upon the darkness. So Jupiter uh, is, is seated there or associated there right in the third eye, which is the inner teacher. That's our inner teacher. It is our intuition, our insight. And that is why Jupiter is associated with that third eye chakra, which is... Uh, it, it's right there in your pineal gland, and it's associated with higher learning. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's uh, that's the sixth chakra or the brow chakra, third eye chakra. 
All right, so then the next one that I want to talk about is Friday, which is... Uh, um, Venus, Vendredi, Vendredi, meaning Venus Day. Mm-hmm. Venus Day, and the gemstone is the diamond. Uh, the color is the indigo color. And that one is the is in the throat chakra. Now, why would that be? Because Venus is traditionally associated with create, creative expression. Okay. So the, our expression comes from the throat chakra. That's how we express ourselves. That's how we talk there, you know, the throat chakra right there. That is our expression chakra. And Venus is the goddess of creative, creative expression and beauty and all things artistic and so on. Uh, then we come to Saturn Day, Saturn Day, which is Saturn Day, and uh, the color there is the violet, and the blue sapphire is associated with that particular uh, chakra and with that particular day of the week. And it is in the heart. The heart contracts and expands, and Saturn is a planet of contraction and expansion. So that's why it's associated there. And the heart chakra is actually the key to the entire system because it's the seat of consciousness, has the highest vibration, and Saturn of all those planets are the furthest from the sun, higher, higher vibration as you go out further and further. So there we are. We're in, mm. we're in Saturn, and Saturn, Saturn's right there in the heart. The heart is really where things happens when we want to connect with higher consciousness we work through the heart okay and who who would have made these associations in the beginning susan Don't, um, right. yeah because, because the, the colors ancient, are different the co- fears, yeah yeah the ancient spheres of india okay so so the chakra system is not something that somebody made up and on a new age seminar one weekend it's actually ancient wisdom of India, thousands and thousands of years old. And the ancient scriptures uh, talk about what's called Jyotish, which is ancient Hindu astrology, and Ayurveda, which is ancient uh, medicine, the medicine of India. And these associations with the planets and the days of the week, that's from the ancient Hindu or Vedic astrology which is based upon the sidereal system, very, very accurate kind of astrology, very scientific. And so the chakra system is associated with Hindu or Vedic astrology. That's the reason why we have these associations. Uh, the New Age kind of connotations of the rainbow starting with red at the root chakra, uh, I didn't find that anywhere in the ancient scriptures of India. It doesn't exist. Right, that's interesting. I'm not saying that it's not valid. It could mm-hmm. be valid, yeah. but it, it yeah. certainly is not in the ancient scriptures. The ancient scriptures have these associations of the planets, the days of the week, the gemstones, and these colors yes. this way. Let me ask you, do you know how um, we understand the days of the week? As you mentioned, the first day being Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. But yet... Their associations with the chakras seem to jump around the place. Now, for example, Sunday is the navel chakra, and Monday uh, being the pelvic, and Tuesday then jumps to the root chakra. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's going down first, and then it jumps back up ah. to the top of the head, and it yes. goes down from there. So and it is, is actually some... in order. It's right there in order. Yeah. I'm puzzled by that. When, when you say it's in... you just go all the way up. Yeah. When you say it's in order, um, what, what, just give us a brief explanation of that. In other words, is there a reason why it goes down first and then jumps up to the head and comes down again? You know, that's a really good question. I have no idea. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I don't good. know the answer to that question. That's a really great question. Yeah. But the reality is that Sunday is the day of the sun, and it's the solar plexus. I mean, you know, there's a reason why there are these names that were given to the days of the week. Sure. And they are planetary names. Yes, so, yes, yes. And yeah. Susan, how does this system relate to, let's say, the tree of life with the spheres on the tree? Yeah, uh, that's right. The, the sephirot, uh, it is said that they are associated with the chakras. Some people believe that they're associated with the chakras. People who study Kabbalah, right. uh, they do believe that. So you might be able to associate them and... Uh, I do have a picture. One of the pictures in my uh, book, Color Your Chakras, is uh, a book of the Tree of Life. And, okay. for example, Ketar, Ketar, which is at the top, is the crown, which is obviously associated with the crown chakra. Right. And then the uh, Kachma is associated with the third eye chakra. The Bina is associated with the throat chakra. The heart chakra is said to be a combination of the Girua and the Chesed, the navel chakra is supposed to be associated with the Theret, and then uh, the Jesod is supposed to be associated with the pelvic chakra. Many people believe that, so I did include that in the in the both color your chakras. Yes. Okay, so with the chakra system, and the fact that in most people the Kundalini uh, lies dormant at the base of the spine. If somebody never awakens their kundalini, I mean, how does that affect the functioning of the chakras? And and what happens when they do awaken it? What happens to the chakras then? That's a really great question. As I said, most people are walking around in a semi-asleep state. So their, their focus of attention is on the base chakra usually and the pelvic and up to the third chakra, and most people, their awareness is basically about survival, which is the the root chakra, basic survival instinct, and then the pelvic chakra is procreation, and then the third chakra is more about using your will, your ego willpower. So, an average individual, that's where their attention is. It really affects where your attention is, where your emotional state, your uh, what your goals are in your life. Mm-hmm. Those who have developed uh, the other chakras, who've opened the other chakras, they're more interested in higher pursuits. They might be interested in intellectual pursuits. They're, you know, they're going to college. They're learning about higher, higher things. They're, they might be interested in religion or spirituality, or they might be interested in science or the arts. You know, those are in the higher chakras. It's, that's, Really, really, it's, it's displayed in their interests and what they're developing in their life and what their goals are. Mm-hmm. So these chakras are definitely associated not just with the physical body, but with the 
mental and spiritual bodies. So we are, when we have more of the chakras open, we're living a more full life, a more rich life. We're pursuing other things other than just the, you know, survival instincts and that kind of thing. Survival and sex, is it? <laughs> yeah, survival and sex. That's right. What did you just say? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> Years of research, thousands of profound statements, hundreds of sessions, miles of transcripts, months of listening, a vast archive of personal power and spiritual awareness awaits you. Join worldofempowerment.com today, a website of practical spirituality for your fast-changing world. worldofempowerment.com My question is around the world as it is right now. I, I think it's a wonderfully opportune time for you to bring out a colouring book like what you've just done called mm -hmm. Colour Your Chakras. But in terms of where the planet is and where the consciousness of the planet is, do you feel that people are actually waking up, that they are becoming aware of these chakras, that the consciousness is developing? Or do you feel that we're kind of going down a slippery slope? Well, I feel very, very strongly that we are just a huge expansion of awareness, of consciousness, of greater interest in Eastern philosophy, Eastern wisdom. You find yoga studios on every corner. You're finding martial arts studios everywhere. You're in the media, in the in the movies, in the books that people are reading. I mean, it's, it's like an explosion of esoteric and metaphysical information about all kinds of things like meditation and yoga practices. And I mean, it's really a different world than it was 50 years ago when I was, let's say, in college. You know, when I was... <laughs> At that time, mm -hmm. there were two esoteric bookstores in the entire country, and there were no esoteric books in any of the mainstream bookstores. So, you know, right now you find all this esoteric information right there on the Internet, on everybody's personal computer or even on their phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a completely different world now. People are really, really waking up. They're much more interested in these subjects. They're learning. They're practicing. Mm -hmm. It's completely different than it was back then. There's been a huge expansion of consciousness and high human potential, and it's it's really different now. People are really developing spiritually very quickly. And by the way, uh, my experience is that people are able to have spiritual experiences much more readily, much more quickly than they used to be able to. They can have spiritual experiences within a few minutes that used to take them months mm. to get. It's an intense practice, by the way. Can I ask you your own personal opinion about the use of hallucinogenics to open up the kundalini, such as ayahuasca seems to be a really popular thing these days. And what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I have to admit that I took psychedelics in the 60s because I was a flower child and that was what was going on at the time. I didn't take very much of it, though, because once I learned meditation, I was not allowed to take any more of that uh, you know, after that, so in 1967, I never took any more of that. And, I, and like I said, I, I didn't take it much anyway. Uh, so my opinion is that it's not necessary. You 
can do it in a natural and safe way. A natural and safe way is using traditional spiritual practices, doing it in a the other way, you may not get to the place that you want to get to, first of all. And second of all, it's dangerous. And I'm I'm pretty I'm quite opposed to any kind of unnatural means of and then people say, Oh, ayahuasca, that's natural because they had a plant. Oh uh, yeah, it might be natural, but <laughs> made of plants, yeah, well everything's made of plants practically. But the reality is that these things I do not recommend them. I believe that they break the mind-body coordination. I believe that they're not not safe. So I I recommend safe practices that have stood the test of time for thousands of years. Well, thank you for thank you for saying that because that's what we think as well. And um, let me go back to yoga. Okay, will will yoga uh, cause the kundalini to rise? And what about uh, is there a particular type of yoga that will do that, or would any type of yoga start to do that? Uh, yes, any yogic practice will help you do that. Okay. Any, any, uh, any of the different, there's many paths of yoga. There's several paths of yoga. For example, there is mantra yoga, there's raja yoga, karma yoga. All right, so let me just talk for a moment about these. Karma yoga means selfless service. Bhakti yoga means uh, devotional path. Jnana uh-huh. yoga means intellectual path, where you are you're discerning the truth through the intellect. Uh, there is also hatha yoga, which means physical culture, which means doing the different exercises, yogic exercises, and so on. The integrated integral yoga, many paths coming together in one one practice. Uh, there is mantra yoga, which means using the subtle sounds, the vibrational sounds in meditation. So there's several different several different practices. And can you and do you think that when you are awakening your chakras? Should you be doing it in order? I mean, does, is it that important, Susan, do you think that, you know, you first deal with the sun chakra and then you go down and then you go up? Or is it possible that you'd have certain chakras open up before others randomly? I mean, how does that work? It works through, the, through your mind, basically. So you can tell which chakras you have blockages in which chakras are more open, through examining your life, through examining what you experience in your life. In other words, what your interests are, where you place your attention, where you have problems, where you have emotional blockages. It's easy to discern. For example, if you have a a hang-ups about sex, there's a problem, you know, you have blockages in your pelvic chakra. If you have hang-ups in uh, emotional connections with people. The, the heart chakra, you have problems expressing yourself. If you're very shy, there's problems with the throat chakra. In other words, you can sort of uh, discern through this. So where's the prosperity blockage? Prosperity. Okay, well, prosperity often comes through the navel chakra, which has to do with 
your ability to persevere, follow through, determination, that kind of thing, thing sort of confidence, self-confidence, and that sort of thing. But the reality is that prosperity, oh, wow, I, this would be kind of a big subject for me to sort of open a can on, but well, all right, well, let me try to explain this. I, I, I really want to give a kind of a help to people who have a struggle with prosperity. Yeah. And how I'd like to do that is to, to explain something to you. And that is, sometime in your life, you've probably had an experience where you made, you were successful at something, where you made some good money at something. That would be the thing for you to focus on if you want to make money. In other words, if money is your goal, then sometime in your life you did something that made you money. So that's what you should pay attention to is that thing that you did. Hmm. I'm going to give an example in my own life, which might help. And that is one time I decided that I wanted to, uh, there was a meditation course going on. And I realized that for that meditation course, there was not going to be enough hotel space for people to be able to stay. It was in Washington, D.C., and I knew that the place that they were holding this conference, was there wasn't enough space for the people. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I did something quite clever, and that is that I, I booked a blocks of hotel rooms. And so when the people were in a bind, they came to they had to come to me because I had booked all these hotel rooms in that area. And so I'm, I prospered very greatly from that specific event, from that one event. So then I realized through that, that that channel of sort of booking travel was a way for me to create prosperity in my life because I was amazed I had made more money on that one on that one uh, project than I had ever made in my life on many other things that I had worked on. Mm -hmm. And so I followed that and continued to do things that were related to travel, travel events, like tours, retreats, spiritual tours, spiritual retreats, and that sort of thing. And I noticed that if I did that, more of that, that I would make more money. It doesn't mean that I abandoned other things in my life. For example, I'm an author, obviously, and that's really very much tied in with my divine purpose and my divine destiny is to teach and to be an author and a spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. But as far as money, I've never made money doing any of that. Uh The money that's come to me has come through the travel events. So what I'm trying to, by telling you that little story about myself, I'm trying to help you to help people who have struggled with prosperity to see that, you know, your divine purpose and destiny isn't always necessarily the thing that's going to give you the greatest prosperity. Uh, in other words, that thing which is your most great heartfelt desire, like mine is to teach and to write books and that sort of thing, that, doesn't, that hasn't given me prosperity. What does give me prosperity is another thing that I love to do but isn't my primary purpose but it gives me money. Right, that's so very interesting. It's important for people to realize that what gives, what has given you money in the past is usually the thing that will give you money in the future. And it's tied in with your 
astrology with your horoscope and your mm. it's all tied together mm. what so, is susan what if the main way you've made a lot of money is from people giving it to you you know as a gift in, in other words you know let, let's is it a quick example of myself you know there were times when um there were trips coming up that had to do with grid work on the planet for example and you know at the time i didn't have the money to go but a client would just all of a sudden pop up and say here you're meant to be there here's here's this money that's that's happened to me twice and then i also have a a client who just one day just offered us a whole pile mm -hmm. of money and continues oh, gifts, to yeah. yeah what about that yeah so that's the way you're getting your money your gifts do you also get it through inheritance you no, I've never gotten also? any inheritance. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've gotten it by yeah. you know being on coast to coast radio. You know a lot, of but only because it came through readings after and counsel. You know that type of thing. Yeah, it came through what? Uh, me doing counseling and akashic record readings for people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So readings is giving you money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I just wondered so about readings. Sounds like readings would be. A good way, yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. That's something to to put focus more on. Whatever it is, it's bringing you more money. You know, if that's if money is, you know, I'm saying if money is your goal, I think money should be a goal for everybody. Money be a goal to have enough money to be able to do the things that you love to do. Everyone needs prosperity. Yeah, that's true. Everyone needs yes. to be able to put food on the table and to put gas in their car and feel comfortable and be able to survive. Well, and those know. of us who are, I'm very, very strong. I very strongly, strongly believe that people who are in the spiritual field, who are teaching meditation, or who are teaching yoga, or who are doing holistic healing, that they should charge and charge well for their services. Because it should be an exchange of energy. And I really don't like the philosophy that if it's something spiritual, you shouldn't charge for it. Right. I think that's a ridiculous philosophy. Everyone needs to put food on their table, no matter who they are or what they're doing. Mm -hmm. right, Ministers need money, you know. Everybody needs to have <laughs> make a yes. living. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. That was great advice. I appreciate that. Thank yes, you. Indeed. And little yeah. did we know when we started off speaking to you, Susan Shumsky, that we would end up speaking about prosperity and spirituality in that way. And you have given our listeners and indeed ourselves some very, very valuable advice. But we do have to bring things to a close, unfortunately. And we have been speaking with Dr. Susan Shumsky about her book, Color Your Chakras, an interactive way to understand the energy centers of the body. And during the course of our discussion today, we spoke about all kinds of things, kundalini and psychedelics and prosperity, of course, and the association of the chakras with the days of the week and the planets and all sorts of great things, which can also be found in her other book called Awaken Your Divine Intuition. Susan, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, an eye-opener for us. Yeah, and how can people get in touch with you if they need to? Great. So I have a website called... Uh, it's drsusan.org, drsusan.org. And when you go to that website, you can read the first chapter of my book. You can watch videos, listen to free teleseminars. You can read articles. You can uh, listen to radio interviews. There is a lot on that website. Also, I have another website, which is divinetravels.com. That's D-I-V-I-N-E. 
T-R-A-V-E-L-S dot com. That's plural on the travels, divinetravels.com. On that website, you can see the tours, retreats, and cruise ship seminars, and a lot of different activities that you can do to visit sacred destinations and to uh, enjoy wonderful travels with uh, like-minded people. And there's some really amazing speakers on our cruise ship seminars that are coming up. So check that out. And it's a good idea to subscribe there because then you'll be able to be notified of future events. So that's divinetravels.com, drsusan.org. And I recommend that you purchase uh, Color Your Chakras on Amazon because you'll get it faster and it'll be less expensive than if you order it on my website. Yes, we that will. That sounds fantastic. We will. We'll put a link to that, actually, to, to both of your books beneath this. And we'll also put a reference. You, you did mention at the outset of the program about the Tibetan Book of the Dead and the autobiography of a yogi. We'll list those as well. But certainly we will highlight, okay. <laughs> we'll highlight the Color Your Chakras, an interactive way to understand the energy centers of the body, a super uh, adult coloring book, absolutely wonderful, well put together, well written, and very, very informative. Well, you know I'm going to have to get my own right now. <laughs> You've got another customer. Are you sure you don't want one? <laughs> You've got trying to get these yeah. men to color, Susan, is, is really difficult. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the men would enjoy reading this book, for sure, and learning, for sure. Yes, you yes. can learn a lot in this book, and you can read it in, what, a couple, on an hour? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's really great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, it was great to be with you, and hopefully we'll have you on again because it sounds like you have a bunch of topics that we could just spend the whole show discussing. So we look forward to that in the future. Yes. All I right. would love to come back. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a great pleasure. Thank right. you so much. Okay. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.